Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast. I'm Sherry Budziak, founder and CEO of .orgsource. Association 4.0 is how we describe the skills needed to navigate Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. In this episode, Ava Ganashi, CEO of the Association for Supply Chain Management, joins me to talk about how he steered his organization through the 2008 recession. Abe will share key actions you can take to succeed through challenge and demonstrate value to your members. Uh, this is a difficult time for everybody, individuals and businesses alike. Um, relative to association work, this is really the, um, the time for associations to demonstrate our value to organizations, not only communities, but the general public at large. I think there's a huge gap relative to information availability, and more importantly, accuracy of information, not only to our members, but to the general public at large. Uh, we're going to share with you some of the perspectives that we learned from the 2008 recession, specifically um, some of the actions that we're taking. It's important to note that while we had some plans in place, a lot of the responses that we made during that time period was uh, from lessons learned as we were implementing. So don't feel that if you haven't planned accordingly and some of the information that we're sharing with you today is new to you, that you can't implement it. There are actions and steps that you can take today that can make a difference in terms of how you are responding and how your uh, the members uh, respond to you, but more importantly, how you come out of this on the back end. Um, so let's get into some of the, the learnings that we've had here. Um, a little bit of background for uh, the organization. Uh, I joined the organization in 06, and uh, you can rightfully describe it as a turnaround uh, for the organization. Uh, for about 10 years straight, they had been losing about a million dollars a year. Their membership had decreased over a period of uh, six years from 2000 to 2006 from 72,000 down to about 40,000 members. And uh, we had, uh, in a lot of ways, lost our true north as an organization. So uh, it really did challenge the, you know, the opportunity to sustain this organization for the future. So in 2006, 2007, as we were trying to right-size the organization and uh, respond to the, the market opportunities, we saw significant opportunities, not only internally, but externally as well. But it was going to take a significant investment for us to transform the organization back uh, into a much more responsive, relevant uh, player within the supply chain industry. We had lost uh, a lot of the leadership opportunities over the past 10 to 15 years of the organization. And so a lot of the efforts that you see here in terms of the transformation were really the keys to our success. And uh, the decision to move the organization was as much about financial as it was about resetting really the tone for the organization. So in 2007, a decision was made by the board to move the company from DC to Chicago, um, obviously not knowing that a recession was on the horizon. Additionally, we asked the board to invest a substantial amount of our um, reserves into the core products and services. And uh, the board agreed. They believed that this was the right thing to do to update the products and services and that we need to be much more responsive as an organization. Well, lo and behold, uh, these disparate decisions came home to roost uh, in 2007 when the recession started. And we started to see, as most organizations did, a significant change in the markets. 
And uh, while the 2008 recession was economically driven, and this uh, sort of disruption is humanitarian, you know, driven challenges, the impact is eerily similar to us as an organization, and that is we are seeing organizations pull back significantly. And it's important to note that, as you'll see here, is that you know while the recession started in 07 for us, I think most organizations, and specifically associations, tend to see an echo effect. As organizations and companies pull back on training, we often see that individuals step up and say, you know what, if my company isn't going to invest in me, I better take the necessary steps to prepare my career and my next job. If I'm seeing my you know, counterparts left and right of me you know, losing their jobs, what can I do to enable myself? So in a lot of ways, associations have been buffeted from recessions because where companies step back, individuals step up. And so we started to see that as well. Uh, for the first nine months of the recession, we actually grew our membership because individuals were recognizing that there was an opportunity for them to enhance their career skills and their competencies and capabilities. So we really didn't see an impact from the recession until the last quarter. And that's when everything fell out of, uh, fell out of the sky. Uh, our reserves were down to 8%. Uh, our revenue went down uh, 25, almost 25% from $23.5 million to almost $18 million. Uh, we lost 6,000 members in the last quarter of the recession. The reserves for our organization uh, were down to 8%, and we had to make a decision uh, relative to what do we do as an organization. We were in dire straits. The confluence of decisions that were really unrelated all um, converging on cash, and it really did stretch the organization. And so we went to the board, and we asked them to stay the course, that the strategic plan that we had developed and the decisions that we had made as an organization to address the market opportunity were appropriate, that we should not change our strategic priorities as an organization. More importantly, that we maintain our investments in our core products and services. And I'm, uh, I'm very uh, happy to say that uh, since that decision was made and the board did agree that we have seen significant uh, sort of response in the market. Um, after the recession, uh, for the first three years after the recession, uh, 2010 through 12, we saw the largest increase in the history of the organization in terms of new membership. And more importantly, we were prepared as an organization to respond to what the companies and the members needed in the market space. And so our focus was on during the recession, and we'll get into some of the activities and uh, tactics that we use, but more importantly, we were as concerned about the post-recession as we were during the recession. And obviously, there are specific actions that you can take during. And then more importantly, what do you need to take now so that you can prepare your organization to respond more appropriately after the recession? So as an organization, as we sit here today, we've recast the company as ASCM. Um, we are diversified in our top-line revenue. Uh, we have five revenue streams, so we are not overly dependent on one particular product to, to maintain our organization. So our risk profile has been greatly reduced. Uh, more importantly, we've got uh, now we work in 100 countries with over 300 partners across the globe. Uh, the organization has been recognized not only by governments, uh, not only within the U.S., but outside the, um, in the international market uh, to solve uh, significant humanitarian as well as economic challenges. Uh, and you'll see here that 
Uh, we're currently uh, partnering with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, as well as with the Global Fund in the UN to uh, work on last mile delivery of essential medicine vaccine and family planning products in Africa, uh, working, currently working in five countries. It's important to note that we positioned the organization to be responsive to where the market is going. We did not try to predict where the market was going. We were trailing the market. So it's important to note that there are things that you can do today to prepare yourself, but you need to take specific sensing and uh, um, activities so that you can uh, sort of institutionalize a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the activities that you've learned. So again, I just want to you know, focus on a couple of things. We did not have a full playbook on how to navigate the recession. What we learned and we, um, during the recession is that there are things that you can um, pay attention to. You need to adapt, adopt, implement, learn, and rapidly move forward. So in a lot of ways, this is very much like a, uh, a turnaround activity. You don't have the luxury of time to see if something is going to work. You need to act fast, you need to be decisive, and you need to make sure that you're consistent in terms of your communication as an organization. So let's get into the lessons learned on some of the things. Um, first, uh, as indicated here, while you need to empathize with your members, I'm going to probably indicate that there's probably a higher level of commitment that you have as an organization, and that's first to your staff that you need to make sure that they are prepared and um, appropriately communicated with about this, especially as we've gone into a remote um, working environment. We have a significant challenge for a lot of organizations that have not uh, prepared nor enabled their staff to be able to work remotely. So there's a lot of challenges that um, need to be addressed relative to staff. But let's first focus on the external environment and in terms of what you can do. Um, as indicated here, the focus needs to be outside in. You need to be able to understand and empathize with what your members and the companies that they're uh, working for, what are they facing? What are their specific impacts? And how do you want to position your role and responsibility to those organizations? More importantly, how do you get feedback? How do you ensure that you're getting the appropriate communication so that you can make the necessary decisions and that you're not knee-jerk in terms of uh, responsiveness without really understanding how the marketplace is going to respond and how they're going to, uh, number one, um, view your organization during this time. And uh, let's be clear here, every individual, whether company or individual, is looking at every institution in terms of value right now. Either you're going to help me do what I need to accomplish or you're not, and then they're going to move on. So this is particularly challenging when we've got a lot of plans in place and a lot of programs in place, whether they be conferences or other events that you can't deliver on anymore. So you need to take a look in terms of what your communication is to your members and ensure that you can support the activities that are being um, you know, communicated with or marketed to. Uh, more importantly, members need to be able to count on you for relevant, timely, accurate information. And so your sequence of communication to your members need to be consistent, and more importantly, they need to be factual. And this is a tough part because we're in a, uh, an environment of opinion fact, and uh, there's, it's often difficult to discern, are you giving me an opinion or are you giving me a fact? And I think you as an organization can be that clearinghouse to be uh, providing relevant, accurate, and timely information to your members in terms of some of the activities that they're making or some of the decisions that they're making. 
Additionally, you want to be able to avoid making uh, bad or imprudent decisions. Um, for example, this is not the time to promote how to ask your uh, boss for a raise. So you need to assess what is it that you're communicating with to your, your, your members. While a career fair may be a wonderful opportunity for individuals, this may not be the time to promote a career fair for individuals while others are losing their job. Uh, you may want to refocus your efforts in terms of how to increase your value to your employer, how to ensure you know, your job, and how to maintain your job. So your messaging is really key here, and more importantly, you need to be able to you know, stand behind the marketing and or products and services that you're communicating to your membership. Uh, I'll give you an example internally for our organization. We were about to promote a, a program that we can only deliver face-to-face. And right now, we can't deliver that. So all the products and services that we have right now, we're reevaluating in terms of how can we deliver it, can we consistently and um, accurately deliver content on a, you know, a, on a real-time basis. So it's really important that you're, you know, you're messaging. It needs to be constant. You need to be relevant, and you need to be timely with it for your members. They are looking to you to be that voice of reason, that voice of record in terms of what can they do. And I can think of no better organizations than really the association community to, uh, to be able to provide that resource and that common uh, sort of um, information that individuals are looking for. Um, in terms of the, you know, sort of the tactical activities, um, this is a, you know, from the finance perspective, first, cash is king. Uh, you need to be able to focus on those activities and services that not only preserve cash, but generate cash. So you don't want new product, new market type activities. This is not the time that you introduce a new product to the market space. So you need to go back on your core products and services, and more importantly, evaluate your revenue streams to ensure that you can continue to invest in those products and services that are going to provide a return today and more importantly, that are going to continue to provide a return as you move uh, beyond the recession. Um, more importantly, this is now a time to prepare for the activities, but as well as for when the recession is over. You need to do dual planning because this recession will be done. Obviously, nobody is being able to predict the severity of the duration of this right now, but you need to prepare not only for the crisis as it hits today, but what are you going to do when and uh, when it does start to turn around? So um, as I indicated before, you need to treat this like a turnaround. You need to be decisive. You need to be quick about the decisions. And more importantly, you need to be laser focused on those products and services that preserve cash and generate cash for your organization. And this really is a, uh, this is a management function now uh, you know, for the organization. Um, scenario planning. Uh, it's great to prepare scenarios. The one thing that we do know about forecasts is that they're all wrong. It's just a matter of how wrong are they. So when you're evaluating the possible scenarios on what would happen, uh, as indicated here, you want to take a look at it from a number of different perspectives. What do we need to do today? What do we need to do over the next three months? What do we need to do over the next six, nine, 12 months as an organization? And what is the potential impact that this could have on your organization if the um, revenues or the contraction persists for much longer than you anticipated? So contingency planning is not only for 
what will happen tomorrow, but what will happen from six months and 12 months from now if the recession and the economic slowdown does continue for an organization. Uh, in our contingency planning, when we presented the budget to the board last December, we had two contingencies for a recession. Now, obviously, we did not anticipate the coronavirus issue, but we anticipated that there was going to be a recession, as we have every year. Here is what's going to happen if we have a 10% reduction in revenue. Here's what's going to happen if we have a 20% reduction in revenue. Um, I'd like to say that we were very conservative about our um, estimates. The latest scenario planning that we have right now is that we are estimating a 25% drop from our 2019 levels. So we are at $40 million. We are projecting that we will be at $32 million by the end of this year, and most likely that it will last for another 12 to 18 months before we start to see a significant turnaround. So when you see you know, the ABC plans here, you need to be very clear on what you're going to do. More importantly, you need to communicate that with your board and your staff so it does not look like you're making knee-jerk reactions to the challenges at hand. And more importantly, consistency of communication, that you're uh, providing uh, necessary communication to your board about what is going to happen. So you not only demonstrate your capacity to absorb the hits in the organization, but you're reflecting that there is a plan, that there is an opportunity for you to uh, take corrective action to preserve the core of the organization and make sure that you're sustainable. Uh, in our current plan, we have nine steps that we are taking, that we need to take as an organization. We are in step number five of nine. And number nine is a reduction in force. We hope we don't get there. So the first five steps have already been implemented and the board knows exactly what the next steps are going to be as well as the staff know what the next steps are going to be. We share this across the organization. We wanna make sure that the board, the finance committee, as well as the staff understand the contingency plans and more importantly, what are the triggers that we are going to use to start to implement these contingency plans? More importantly, it starts to engender trust between you, the staff, the board, and the community at large that you are prepared as an organization. And so again, it's not too late if you haven't developed them. It is now the time to start putting those plans in place and more importantly, start to communicate out. So first, develop the plan and then stick to it. It is one of the challenges that you have is that, okay, here's the plan. And then when the crisis hits, you throw out the plan and everybody starts to, you know, take very drastic or draconian uh, actions that are not consistent with your contingency plans. You, you don't develop trust that way. So one of the things that you need to do is ensure that everybody is communicated with on a consistent, accurate basis about what your actions are today what your actions are going to be tomorrow, and what are the triggers necessary for you to start activities that will uh, be a little bit more, uh, I would say, severe in terms of uh, the actions that you're taking. Um, as I indicated before, if cash is king, data is the queen. There is no um, substitute for having accurate information about what are the key indicators for your organization to take the necessary steps. So more importantly, what are you paying attention to? Um, we've indicated a number of key indicators that organizations will take a look at. Obviously, you have to do it relative to your core products and services, but you need accurate real-time data so you can start to see how organizations or individuals are responding to either the marketing and or communication channels that you have. More importantly, uh, what actions can you take? 
So as you're getting more information and you know key indicators in terms of how the market is moving, it could start to drive what actions you need to take. So do you need to enhance certain communications or do you need to pull back on other communications? But it's really important that you have a monitoring system that provides you real-time information so that you can make informed decisions about the actions necessary for your organization. And more importantly, communication. And uh, you know, you've heard this over and over again. You need to over-communicate with your staff. You need to over-communicate with your board to make sure that they understand that you are on top of this. This is the time for leadership. There is no greater time than in a crisis when leadership has to demonstrate their capacity to not only empathize with what individuals and your members are going through, but more importantly, to demonstrate that you have the core capabilities and the resources and the individuals, specifically teams necessary, to get you through to this. It will end, but more importantly, what you do during this time will have a significant impact on how organizations view your organizations moving out of this. Um, as I indicated before, uh, cash is king. So uh, in, uh, in terms of managing your cash flow, this is where your CFO needs to step up and take uh, leadership on uh, evaluating where the organization can preserve cash and more importantly, how can it generate cash? So how much are you willing to invest of your reserves? How much are you willing to offer free in terms of the marketplace? What are you willing to delay in terms of payments to your vendors? and understand something that also the members and their companies are making the same decisions about you. So they're evaluating your you know, bills and your payment structures and say, wait a second, can you help me during this time? Can you, you know, reduce my, uh, my membership dues? Can you make it easier for me to belong to your organization? You need to be very careful because there are opportunities that you can take advantage of today where companies need uh, um, your resources and your programming and are willing to pay for them. And at the same time, you're developing programs and services where you're giving away a lot of your value. You need to be careful to ensure that what you're giving away is not damaging where organizations and individuals are willing to pay 100% for it. So this is a core evaluation, or this is an evaluation of your core products and services to identify what can be delivered into the marketplace today at its current state, what needs to be either reduced in terms of its scope or its price, and more importantly, what is going to happen as you make these decisions. These are not happening in a vacuum. So if you're offering, for example, six months free membership, how does that relate to an individual who's trying to or is considering renewing his membership? He's looking at you and saying, wait a second here, I got to pay a full year, but a new member gets six months for free? So you need to evaluate your communication to make sure that you're consistent in terms of what your approach is to the market. And more importantly, you need to understand the pros and cons of either reinvesting your reserves, or more importantly, where can you access cash so that you can preserve the, as much as possible the, uh, the core of the organization to make sure that you're sustainable and on the backside that you're able to thrive as an organization. Um, we started the conversation here that it's uh, the number one priority that you have is uh, your staff, uh, not only in terms of health and safety, but in terms of uh, retaining your uh, key resources for the organization. Uh, as indicated here, you need to make sure that you don't have any surprises uh, for your staff or your for organization. You need to ensure that the communication that you have with them is consistent and is not a, with this, that is not to be uh, perceived from an alarmist.
perspective, but you also need to be accurate about what we share with them. You need to ensure that everybody is informed and is engaged, especially your remote employees. Uh, we're in a period right now where individuals and a lot of organizations had not planned for remote operations of the organizations for a week, let alone a month or two months as an organization. So you need to start enabling and uh, sharing with your teams about how to work remotely and how to manage remotely for your, uh, the directors and your managers. This is going to be a difficult time for a lot of individuals, especially if they've got families who are cooped up with them or in a confined space, and they're trying to find time to do their work while managing a family situation. So uh, this is not a one-size-fits-all. But more importantly, you need to ensure that there are no surprises for your board. You need to ensure there are no surprises for your staff. And this is a probably a good uh, sort of mantra to have as you're going through this. Try to be as upfront as possible and try to be as transparent as possible with your key stakeholders and ensure that you have a communication plan and a sequence and a cadence of communication with your, uh, with your key stakeholders. More importantly, empathize with your, uh, with your members. Try to put yourself in their situation and understand what they're going through. And more importantly, what would you look for from an association to help them not only uh, you know, get into the, you know, a, a new business uh, environment, but more importantly, how they can maintain and hopefully thrive at the, at the backside of this. Um, I, there is no secret formula to this other than being a uh, upfront and a um, clear, concise communication channel for your members and for their uh, for their co-organizations as well. Um, lastly, and uh, there's no way to tell when this will be done, but it will be done. And uh, our only hope is that the humanitarian crisis subsides fairly quickly and then we can get back to uh, the business and uh, repairing a lot of the damage that had been done to our uh, economy. Uh, we view this as an opportunity. As much as we view this as a shock to the system, we also view this as a significant opportunity for our organization. We truly believe that on the backside of this, that we will be much stronger as an organization because of the actions that we take today. We are not waiting for the, the turnaround. We're planning for the turnaround today while we're taking necessary steps to ensure that we're sustainable as an organization and that we can see a tomorrow. So the duality of this is, is challenging for a lot of individuals and in that uh, we're talking about short-term tactics and activities to preserve the core of the organization while at the same time telling you that you need to plan for the backside of the recession because there will be a backside and that you will need to position your organization to take advantage of the need that individuals and members are going to have in, their, uh, in the turnaround. Um, in, in our particular industry, I can think of no greater time than supply chain is today that is on everybody's lips in terms of what the impact is going to be, whether in stockouts or whether in production or whether in short or long-term impacts. So um, while we think this is a great time for us, we're also forecasting a reduction of revenue of 25%. So we fully anticipate that by the end of this year, we'll be down to about $32 million as an organization. We've taken the necessary steps as an organization to preserve cash and that we are now executing on the plan. But more importantly, we're learning, adapting, and adopting to the changes in the market space because this 
current disruption is unlike any other disruption that we've seen. But there are lessons to be learned from these activities, and more importantly, what you do today and what you do tomorrow will have a significant impact on the sustainability and on your capacity as an organization to remain relevant. Um, this will be done, and our hope is that uh, it's done sooner than later and that the, uh, the association world and the economic as well as the humanitarian um, world will, uh, will learn and will adapt and adopt to a, different, a very different economic um, environment than we're facing today. But uh, you should take to heart that uh, we, we will see our way through this. Um, the working from home has challenged a lot of organizations. Um, on a side note, um, I find myself taking calls from telemarketers and being willing to talk to them on the phone. So uh, there are some, uh, some unusual activities that individuals are going to be faced with over the next few days. So while this is a dire situation, understand that this is the time for associations to demonstrate their value and their worth as an organization. I can think of no better time than associations demonstrating their value than today. This is uh, where organizations and individuals are looking to, to be a, a voice of reason, and more importantly, a voice for accurate and timely and relevant information. Uh, I want to thank everybody for uh, taking time today, and I know that we'll have some time for questions if anybody has any. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style in your association. .org Source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com to find out how to get your organization on track to Association 4.0. You can also engage in other educational content by becoming a member of .org community or reading our books on Association 4.0, which you can find on Amazon. We look forward to hearing from you soon.